Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. And welcome to the Water Cooler, everybody. Thanks for being here. I'm David Brody. It's Monday, April 19, 2021. It's the day of closing arguments in the trial of Derek Chauvin, the Minneapolis police officer accused of killing George Floyd. Today, the prosecution summed it all up, saying that what Chauvin did was not policing. It was assault and done on purpose. They're asking the jury to not buy into this idea that Floyd really died from a drug overdose or heart disease or exhaust fumes from the police car. Meanwhile, Minneapolis on high alert. Let's be honest, folks. If somehow, some way, the jury comes back with a not guilty verdict, it's going to get ugly in the streets, like real ugly. And it's not just Minneapolis bracing for that. All of America watching because a not guilty verdict could invoke mayhem and unrest, unrest excuse me, all around the country. I mean, look at this headline. Uh, this from Just the News, the former home of an expert witness for the defense who defended Chauvin was vandalized with a pig's head and what appeared to be blood after the witness testified last week. Uh, this weekend, by the way, liberal U.S. Congresswoman Maxine Waters made major headlines when she said that if there is not a guilty verdict, then protesters should get more confrontational. Here's the key part of what she said. We've got to stay on the street uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they, they know that we mean business. Well, those comments have Republicans calling for her to actually be impeached for trying to incite a riot across these state lines into Minneapolis or Minnesota, excuse me. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy says if Speaker Nancy Pelosi doesn't act against her dangerous rhetoric, he's going to bring some sort of punitive action this week. More on all of this in a moment. Also today, Dr. Fauci added again, he says you should still wear a mask even if you're vaccinated because there's still a very small risk that you might be infected. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. That's like me telling my kids, hey, kiddies, maybe you shouldn't walk to school because, you know, hey, you could get hit by lightning. It's a very minute chance, but still, just be safe. How about uh, kids? No walking right now, okay? No walking outside at this moment. This is really turning into a circus with a full-on clown car. And the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell, back in the news, he's now suing Dominion Voting Systems for $1.6 billion after they sued him. Well, famed Harvard lawyer Alan Dershowitz is part of Lindell's legal team. He's going to join us later this hour to discuss. But first, the Derek Chauvin trial and the comments by Maxine Waters. I want to bring in the former U.S. senator from South Carolina and also the head chairman of the Conservative Partnership Institute, Jim DeMitt. Jim, great to see you again, sir. Hey, David. Great to be with you. Well, uh, America on edge regarding what the jury is going to decide in the Derek Chauvin trial. What, what's your take on all of this, what we saw over the weekend also with Maxine Waters? Well, I mean, they've uh, succeeded, I'm sure, in scaring the jurors to death and anyone who would testify on behalf of this police officer. Uh, none of us know what was on his mind and heart. We do know policing is a very difficult job. But what frustra uh, frustrates me, David, is... You not just in this case, but a number of others. You, you got people 
running around at night uh, with criminal records, with guns, uh, with drugs in their system, running from police, resisting arrests, and not complying with police orders. And then when something bad happens, we want to talk about what's wrong with the police. Now, that may not have any relevance to this case that they're looking at, but what does is what Maxine Waters did was much more provocative than anything President Trump did on January the 6th. She was calling for direct confrontation, for staying on the streets, and in effect threatening the, the court itself if the verdict was not guilty. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, President Trump at the time said to march peacefully to the Capitol, and he gets impeached over that? Yeah, exactly. The hypocrisy is it would make your head explode these days. But uh, uh, I, I, I think what she did is irresponsible, probably more than anything we've seen lately. And uh, if if Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat leadership don't say anything about it, that'll tell us everything we need to know about their real motives. I'm assuming you expect Nancy Pelosi. I, I guess maybe she'll address it somehow, some way. But I, you don't expect any action at all from her, right? No, I don't. I, I, I don't think them. They always circle the wagons. And, and frankly, David, while you, we may hear about it on your show and a few other places, most Americans will never know what Maxine Waters said because the news is pretty much ignoring it. Now, I think that's an excellent point. Uh, here's what they can't ignore. Dr. Fauci and masks. I mean, uh, he was on Meet the Press over the weekend. Uh, I just want to play a small clip of it basically to set this up. And you know the deal. I mean, he was asked by Chuck Todd about, hey, look, if you've been vaccinated, why do you need to wear a mask? And, and, and here's Dr. Fauci. You might get infected and get absolutely no symptoms, not know you're infected, and then inadvertently go into a situation with vulnerable people and if you don't have a mask, you might inadvertently infect them. Now, there's a small risk of that, but it's there. Well, so I, this is baffling to me. So let me get this straight. They're, they want everybody to get vaccinated, but oh, by the way, you still might be infected and give it to others? What? Well, you might give them a cold. You could give them a flu. There are a lot of things that can happen, as you mentioned before, when you, when you go out in public. Uh, but uh, clearly, Fauci and a lot of the bureaucrats in D.C. and around the country are going to continue to use this COVID threat uh, to manipulate and control people through fear uh, and confusion. Uh, from the beginning, uh, this COVID-19 has been exaggerated. The facts uh, are, have not been given to the American people. Even the CDC will say that a lot of the, the cases were false positive, people who might have had the virus in the system but were not infected. A lot of the deaths were people who died from other things but maybe had COVID or had symptoms of COVID. And they continue to do everything they can to exaggerate the threat. Uh, all of these variants now are, are again, uh, designed to keep Americans isolated and keep the bureaucrats in control. Uh, we've got to do a real analysis as Americans of, of, of this kind of authority. Fauci has no authority over our lives. Unfortunately, some politicians, as, as well as corporations, uh, the, the airlines, a lot of these people are going along with this woke ma mask business when, in fact, we don't even know that it even helped. But yet they're continuing to push this mask idea, even if you're vaccinated. Uh, you know, within a few weeks, you're, you're going to have over half of Americans who've had over half of the uh, um, at least one vaccine. And it makes no sense if we start not going outside or wearing masks. 
just because we've got some fear of a cold or something like that. Yeah. You mentioned yeah. just just recently or just recently <laughs> in your last answer, you said uh, Fauci and others want to manipulate and control people. What, what do you mean exactly by that? Are you talking about from a government perspective? Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth. What, what do you mean? Well, it, it's hard to understand their motivation, but everything seems to be about controlling people. Uh, instead of giving people the facts, letting them make some of their own decisions, as you might see from a, a Governor DeSantis, who from the very beginning said it's older people who are sick who need to be protected. We don't need to shut down our schools and our economy. Yet they're not following science in much of the rest of the country, and, and Fauci is not uh, following science. Uh, keeping schools closed, I mean, we've known for almost a year now that young people are not at risk and, and their teachers are not at risk. Yeah. Yet we continue to have schools closed down all over the country. And it comes down to just a whole lot of control over the individual activity of Americans. Jim, uh, before we let you go, I, I need to ask you about the Conservative Partnership Institute. It's something you've started. Uh, it is a big deal. Uh, uh, it, it is something where, well, I'm going to have you explain it, but, but talk to me a little bit about its impact, uh, especially as it relates to 2022, uh, the midterms. I know you were down at Mar-a-Lago uh, with, with Donald Trump. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the impact you want this, uh, this organization to have, Jim. Well, the conservative movement, while there are a lot of organizations, there doesn't appear to be a, a, a group that's really leading to build and unify the movement, to build other groups and not try to become an empire. We started the conservative partnership at first to support the, the members of Congress and their staff when they're trying to do the right thing, to give them good staff, give them a place to meet. But right now, you mentioned 22. Uh, we need to realize as Republicans, as conservatives, you cannot win elections by getting good candidates with a good message and then getting your voters out to vote. That whole paradigm has shifted. The left has used COVID and other excuses to actually take millions of ballots to people and many times help fill them out for, for them and take them back in bundles. Yeah. It, it completely yeah completely blows out of the water all the ballot security. So we're working on election integrity in many states. Cleta Mitchell is now with us. We've got people working to file suit against uh, the federal government as well as state governments uh, w when they continue to change these rules that are against their own constitutions. What we're doing, David, is plugging the holes in the conservative movement to try to have free and fair elections and to have good candidates who can win when every vote counts, every legal vote counts. Yeah. Senator uh, Jim DeMent, former Senator Jim DeMent and, and chairman of the Conservative Partnership Institute, really appreciate your time. Thanks so much, Jim. Thanks, David. All right. That was great. And, uh, you know, look, he's he's been on the front lines for a while back in the Tea Party days uh, where he was kind of bucking up against establishment as well. Uh, he's doing it again, saying, look, we need true grassroots conservative movement out there. He's plugging the holes. Roland Martin next. Back in a moment. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot 
Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. The Derek Chauvin uh, trial. Boy, I tell you what, buckle up. If, they, if this jury comes back with a not guilty verdict, look, uh, I, I don't even know what to tell you. Uh, just, just get ready across America. There are going to be a lot of angry people, African-Americans, whites, Hispanics, tons of folks. Uh, by the way, uh, maybe the jury shouldn't see this. I'm raising my hand, me included. That's, that's insane stuff. But anyhow, let's bring in Roland Martin, host and managing editor of Roland Martin Unfiltered. Uh, Roland, good to see you, sir. All right, glad to be here. Let's rock and roll. <laughs> Roland, you don't even want me to say glad to see you. You just want to get to the call. All right, Roland. Derek you, said, Sh- hey, you said we don't have much time. Let's uh, go. Okay, let's go. Time is money. Derek Chauvin, uh, what's, your been take, what's your take overall of the trial so far? Uh, I think the prosecution uh, has been extremely focused, laser-like um, in this case. They have been strong. They have been consistent. Uh, they have boxed the defense in uh, every which way. Uh, when, when you are reduced to putting on an expert to say he died by carbon monoxide, you're not having a good. You're not having a good two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it has been has been a very effective uh, prosecution of Derek Chauvin, uh, and I think uh, I think this jury absolutely is going to return a verdict of guilty. All right, so that was my second follow-up question. I was concerned about, on the scale of 1 to 10, how concerned are you that this jury would not go that way? So you're pretty confident is what you're saying. Well, I mean, look, look. here's the deal. First of all, we've seen other cases where uh, you got the case of uh, the cop who killed Walter Scott. Uh, there were two. There was a mistrial in South Carolina on the murder charge. Uh, but I think the, def- the prosecution has been extremely methodical how they've walked through this. To have uh, several police officers testify against him, to have the head of the homicide unit, have the police chief, uh, that's that's critically important. But I think we got to remind people, it's very rare we've even gotten to this point. It's very rare that we've had cases where officers actually go to trial. So this is not something that we see on a uh, regular basis. No, I think that's a great point. Roland, if this verdict comes back as guilty, uh, will this be emotional for you? Uh, and and uh, take me through the emotional aspect of this. I, I won't say emotional um, because it has been very difficult to watch this play out, to watch mm-hmm. um, the, the video over and over again. I do believe, though, uh, that what we are seeing, we're moving towards justice. Mm-hmm. Roland, your mic has gone out. I want to say I wish we could get your mic back. Hopefully it can come back because, Roland, we, we, we love you, but without a mic, anyhow, Roland will work on the mic issues. They'll let me know. Uh, but in the meantime, I can tell you this. That, uh, How's that one? Uh, that- I hear Roland. Great. Keep on going. You're, you're there. I'm glad to hear um, you, not me. I had, I, had, I had three black law enforcement executives uh, on my mm-hmm. show last week. And they said, and these are people collectively uh, almost 100 years on law enforcement. And they said, until you begin to see police officers consistently go to jail and be held accountable, then we're not going to see the system change. Mm -hmm. Uh, The fact that we can count on one hand, maybe two officers who have been held accountable for bad actions, that speaks to the fundamental problem that we have in our society. Uh, And I think... To see Maryland get rid of that uh, that Bill of Rights, 
uh, to see the New York, New York, New York get rid of um, qualified immunity. Those things are important to seeking justice. I, I want to play the Maxine Waters sound, uh, just a little bit of it over the weekend. Sure. She got in, in some hot water, at least with conservatives, over what she said. Uh, <laughs> Shocking. Played, I know, I know. We played it earlier in the, in the show, but here, here's about 10 seconds of it. Here it is for folks. We've got to stay on the street, uh, and we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they, they know that we mean business. What, what do you make of her comments, Roland? I'm trying to understand why conservatives are all in a tizzy. Confrontational. I think that's one, the word. That's so, the word. So, so define confrontational. Uh, when I think about confrontational, one of the things that Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King talked about was he said we have to have antagonists and protagonists. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons they were not uh, as effective in Albany, uh, Georgia, because the sheriff there treated them kindly with respect, things along those lines. Yet when they went to Selma and Birmingham, it was a different deal in terms of who their antagonist was. The reality is, uh, what she is saying is, if we we are not going to be able to change this system uh, if we are not in the streets and we stay active and we stay protesting yeah. and we push and push, that has to happen. Otherwise, it will be business as usual in America. I, I, 100%. Are you there? Can you still hear me? Just double check. Yeah. 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 100% on all of that. I think the issue was confrontational because then, you know, then I think about, you know, it's 1968 in Chicago, right? You know, and not, not to compare it to that, but I'm just saying that. Is, is that know, the only confrontation? I mean, con mean, confrontation means to confront. Confrontation does not mean it means to beat. Confrontation does not mean uh, it is for me to sit here and slug you over the head. So confrontation means you need to be at city council meeting, at the county commissioner's meeting. You need to be in the street. They need to see you. Signs, actions, okay. loud, protests. It's called the First Amendment. Right. So you're saying contra uh, uh, confrontational does not mean violent, and you don't obviously condone that. Did she, but she didn't say. But she didn't no, say violent. I know. I know she didn't. But I'm saying. I'm asking you. You're saying confrontational. Of course not. Does no, not it's, mean it's, violent. It's, no, it's called, it, it, it means, it confrontational means to confront. Mm -hmm. That's what we have to do. We must confront this system that is stacked against people in favor of police in a significant way. They must be held accountable and it must be continuous. It must be constant. If we simply say, oh, hey, Derek Chauvin found guilty, then okay, it's all good. No, because there have been multiple incidents so we have to deal with that. The problem with folks on the right is they don't want to confront this problem. Mm -hmm. See? Confront. They don't want to confront it. They want to make excuses for it. And so that's exactly what she's saying. So I'm sort of laughing at Kevin McCarthy and and that other nutcase, Green, and all the rest of these people, and the New York Post, the editorial. Well, and of course, Fox News is having a grand, a grand time with this. But it's they don't even want that to happen. Yeah. All if right. Maxine said keep protesting, they would say get rid of Maxine. That's yeah. why I'm rocking my Shirley Chisholm unbought and unbought shirt. She that might. Comes from she can. Waters. She can clear it up by just saying, "Hey, confrontational does not she mean violent." She doesn't need to clear it up. Well, she could just say it doesn't mean violent. That's all she needs to do. That's all. Hold up, but, but, why, but why does she need to say that to make because feel be, because there aren't because just because you don't think it means violence, some people do. Well, that well, hell, she could say keep protesting, That's all. keep being loud, and Republicans would say she's being violent. She's have to clear anything up. That yeah. means that you inferred something. She didn't imply that. You all right. inferred it, not what she implied. Roland Martin, host and managing editor. Really appreciate uh, of Roland Martin Unfiltered. A uh, great to see you, sir. Appreciate it. All right.
Uh, and uh, let me just say, to be clear, to have the last word, since it is the water cooler with David Brody, just, just have a quick press conference. No, I didn't mean violent. That's all she needs to do. We'll see. Back in a moment. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Uh, Alan Dershowitz, a friend of the show, uh, back on with us. He is the host of the uh, podcast, the very uh, famous and uh, influential podcast, The Dersh Show, uh, with Alan Dershowitz. And Alan Dershowitz joining us now on the Water Cooler. Uh, Alan, great to have you back on the show, sir. Always great to be on with you. Well, listen, uh, packing the courts, you've been talking about it. Uh, let's, let's first set the record straight here. I mean, there's not going to be any packing of the courts if the Democrats don't change the legislative filibuster rules, first of all, correct? Well, there's not going to be any Supreme Court court packing. What we're going to see is lower court court packing. We're going to mm -hmm. see the courts of appeals and the district court packed with Democrats in order to support the ideological values of one party over the other. That's not the way the judiciary is supposed to work. But I don't think they have the votes in the end to pack the Supreme Court. I don't think that would get uh, Democrats unanimously to support. And all you need is a handful of Democrats to say no. And that's the end of that issue. So I don't think mm -hmm. we're going to see the Supreme Court packed. But even the effort to pack it by introducing legislation has an intimidating effect on the court and reduces its credibility and its neutrality. So I think it's a big mistake. Are, are you surprised by Joe Biden uh, that he's being pushed so much? Uh, for, well, uh, maybe not surprised that he's being pushed by the left. I don't think that's the shock, but that Joe Biden is in essence becoming far more left than a lot of people thought he was really at his core DNA. Well, I don't think he is far left. I think that he is the head of a party, which now includes very radical elements. And who he put on this commission on court packing reflects that. The fact that he put Lawrence Tribe, my former colleague on the commission, who's been a strong supporter of court packing, and Tribe will do anything that helps his ideology and supports his partisan views. For him, the Constitution always comes out the way his politics comes out. So he's going to do whatever is best for the Democratic Party, not whatever is best for the country. Yeah. So on Newsmax over the weekend, I want you to just so I understand, you said Republicans were to blame as well with playing politics yeah. regarding the Supreme Court. And of course, that's true. Uh, there, but there is a difference, is there not, between crafting a bill to add seats, which is what Democrats want to do, and actually filling vacancies, which may be politics, but it isn't court packing, right? No, I agree with you completely. I just said that I think this began with the Democrats. It really goes back to the Robert Bork nomination, where Bork was <clears throat> denied a seat on the Supreme Court solely because of his ideological positions. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, just a few years later, they put Scalia on the Supreme Court with very similar ideological positions. But uh, the Republicans began the fight, and then they took it to uh, the Democrats began the fight. Then the Republicans took it last time when they didn't allow Merrick Garland's nomination to come before the Supreme Court. And then the Republicans, you know, pushed hard to get uh, Justice uh, Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court just days before the election. So 
both sides are paying politics on judicial nominations, but the idea of packing the court is institutionally very different, far more dangerous and much worse. Right. I want to switch gears real quick. I saw this headline about Mike Lindell uh, suing Dominion for $1.6 billion. Of course, he's trying to kind of the old countersuit. It's a free speech. Clearly, it's a free speech First Amendment issue. I understand. You, are, are you involved in that somehow, some way? Can you talk to us a little bit about, about what's going on there, Alan? Oh, yeah. Deeply involved in the First Amendment aspects of all of the lawsuits involving Mike Lindell. Look, I don't necessarily agree with Lindell's views on the election, but that's not the issue. The issue, all Americans, whatever your views on the election, ought to support Mike Lindell and my pillow's right to express whatever views they want. Let's have a debate in the court of public opinion. You know, uh, Dominion, the company that sued Mike Lindell for billions of dollars and has succeeded in keeping him off the air and getting my pillow not being sold by various retail distributors, is trying to stifle free speech. And I'm always going to be on the other side of that issue. I'm always going to be in support of free speech, whether I agree with the content of the free speech or not. So what is your sense moving forward here? How, how strong is his case? He has an extremely strong case to dismiss the Dominion lawsuit against him. The Dominion is, after all, the government. It did perform a governmental function. Mm -hmm. It had delegated to it by the government the ability to count the votes. And if you're the government, you have to accept criticism. And uh, their position, Dominion's, is we think we did everything right, but we're not going to show you our source codes or our machines. We're not going to give you the ability to determine whether we did everything right or wrong. We're the government. Trust us. That's not the way the First Amendment is supposed to operate. Yeah. Let me ask you one last uh, topic here on vaccine. Well, everybody's calling them vaccine passports. I I'm calling them here vaccine papers, because if you say, can I see your papers, that has a much different connotation uh, than a vaccine passport. I I I'm wondering where where. It's all at constitutionally, legally, uh, from a government standpoint and also a private business standpoint, th there are differences here. Yeah, but there's, this goes back to the first decade of the 20th century when the Supreme Court said that requiring a smallpox vaccination is constitutional. You know, whether that continues to be the law, and I think it will be the law, certainly I have the right to know whether you have been vaccinated. If you've been vaccinated, welcome to my home. If you haven't been vaccinated, I have the right to protect my family by keeping you out of my home and by deciding that I want to fly only on an airline that um, requires vaccination uh, certificates or papers or whatever you want to call them and go to movie theaters or concerts that are safe for me and my family. So, you know, there are conflicting rights here and the government has the power to resolve those conflicting rights by saying if you've been vaccinated, you know, show us proof. Uh, today, in order to get into elementary school, a kid has to show that they've been vaccinated against polio, smallpox, diphtheria, you name it. Uh, so that's, that's as old as, um, you know, George Washington's letter. George Washington wrote a letter uh, saying that all of his soldiers have to get uh, inoculated against smallpox during the Revolutionary War. Mm -hmm. So this is not anything new. So, so you're saying a private business would have, from a private property standpoint, from that constitutional standpoint, the right to go ahead and say, if you're not vaccinated, sorry, you can't work here? Yeah, I think that's clearly the case. Not only private business, but the government as well. They're entitled to protect their other workers and say, look, our workers want to make sure they're in a safe environment. And so, mm -hmm. you know, you have the right to stay home. And if we want to have you operate and work from home, that's fine. But if we want you on the premises, 
you have to show that you've been vaccinated. Look, they'll probably make exceptions for people who right. have medical conditions or religious exemptions. But in general, if you're just opposed to the vaccine, you may have a right to be opposed to the vaccine, but yep. you don't have the affect other people. Alan Dershowitz, always great to get your insight. Uh, so important uh, for our country. Host of the Der Show podcast. Thanks for being here, sir. Thank you so much. All right. Alan Dershowitz, who, uh, he, look, he's a friend of the show. You might not agree with him, obviously, on the vaccine passports or vaccine papers, but uh, that's the constitutional legal fight ahead in this country. It's called medical freedom. What are the boundaries? Back in a moment. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. If you look up in the dictionary, latest GOP rock star, uh, you know whose name's going to be there? Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, he's at it again down in Florida. He has signed uh, the anti-riot bill, basically, into law. This is uh, a really strong bill. Uh, in essence, it gives civil legal immunity to individuals who drive through protesters blocking a road. It also makes blocking a highway uh, a felony offense. And it also basically creates this sweeping category for misdemeanor arrest during protests. So anyone charged under that uh, would be denied bail. And the reason you, that's important is because if you're denied bail, <clears throat> excuse me, then you can't come back and rejoin the protest. Uh, Any Democrats are up in arms about it, but uh, oh well. All right, joining me now, David Bossie, president of Citizens United. Hey, hey Dave, good to see you again, sir. Hey, Dave, I want to ask you, before we get to some of these fundraising numbers we've seen, Ron DeSantis, what, what do you make of him overall? I mean, he, his stock has really been rising. Uh, you're, you're, you hit it on the head. Uh, Ron DeSantis is a rock star. Everything he has done over the last two and a half years that he has been uh, governor of Florida. It's it been one great thing after another. He is incredibly popular, not only in Florida, state, but he is uh, popular across the country, which makes him a rising star in the Republican Party uh, nationally. It, 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 everything from how he has managed uh, Florida's finances, uh, his budgets, to his handling of COVID, uh, stopping the lockdown, fighting the Biden administration on every turn uh, when it comes to freedom and prosperity. Uh, and then this anti-riot bill. Uh, it's so common sense. It should be called the common sense bill. If you're out, you get, a, you get arrested. And if you get arrested, you don't get out on bail to go back to rioting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and he's protecting people because you, in this particular bill, you know, people around the country, they see the video of, of these car, uh, people in cars being, surrounded by these mobs and if you leave the scene if you try to drive away you are the one that gets in trouble and in florida they are now protecting drivers from being overtaken by these events so that they are not held liable for anyone who is injured while there's uh, you know in a riot and, and and trying to stop traffic 
Yeah. Hey, Dave, I want to turn to Republican politics. You're well steeped in this, obviously, for many, many years, decades, really. Uh, the Wall Street Journal with this uh, headline uh, over the weekend, House Republicans who voted to impeach Trump see fundraising boost. They go on to say, talk about Liz Cheney actually getting some pretty decent uh, money. But uh, I, we should also point out, and even maybe more importantly, Marjorie Taylor Greene, for example, she raised what, over $3 million in the first three months of 2021. So there is money flowing in on both sides here. What do you make of the uh, money wars here, Dave? Well, actually, not a lot right now. As you just pointed out, there's a lot flowing on both sides. Uh, but but there's on the anti-Trump side of the ledger, there's very few outspoken members of the House Senate. So therefore, there's a lot of potential money to go to just a very few people. So it's actually not, in my opinion, that big a deal that Liz Cheney raised a million and a half bucks. It's actually, to me, I think she should have raised more, um, but money's not gonna save folks like her uh, mm -hmm. because the president is so popular in Wyoming. He's so popular in several of the districts where people did raise a lot of money, but it won't matter. It's money is not going to save them because there's good, Trump candidate running against them in these primaries uh, in Ohio and, and in a few others. And, and, and that's really going to overtake events as, as over the next year. Yeah, I, I want to ask you a little bit about this, these Maxine Waters uh, comments uh, over the weekend. I mean, my goodness, uh, he, the, the Hill uh, and many other headlines out there. But uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is going to actually introduce a resolution to expel Maxine Waters. We expect to have Marjorie Taylor Greene on a programming note on the show tomorrow. Kevin McCarthy may uh, do have some action as well. He's going to be on the show on Wednesday. Uh, what do you make of uh, what Maxine Waters said and uh, the hypocrisy by the media here uh, regarding what Trump said, who said March yeah. peacefully, compared to this? It, it's really ridiculous. She's, she's an agitator. She is someone who wants to see, it seems, from her comments, she wants to see uh, people in the streets, which is exactly the opposite of what we need to have happen uh, with these verdicts. We see what happens historically uh, over the last uh, decade or so with these big trials and then a guilty or not guilty verdict. And people use it as an excuse to go out and burn and loot and pillage. And for an elected member of Congress uh, to use the type of, of dangerous rhetoric she used she needs to be held to the same standard uh, that President Trump was held to for not using that kind of language. That is, and the media is once again a clown show. They don't want uh, to hold her accountable. They don't want to hold her to the same set of standards, and they just are going to look by this. The American people are smart, though. Yeah. As we wrap up, Dave, uh, D.C. statehood, you know, boy, I tell you what, it's like a liberal smorgasbord out there every day. It's like something new. And here we go. Uh, the yeah. D.C. statehood could be potentially on the horizon, at least the way that the liberal Democrats would like to see this. Uh, they're they're going to have a, apparently Pelosi's having a big news conference on Wednesday. This bill is going to move forward. Uh, there's talk that maybe even a few Republicans in the Senate might support this. I can't imagine that Republicans are going to support this because this would not be good for Republicans. <laughs> yeah, not if those Republicans want to stay in the Senate. They're <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, Citizens, my organization, actually was created in 1988 to fight D.C. statehood. Huh. Uh, it, the original issue that Citizens United was 
uh, started on. Uh, and, and, and so to have it coming back um, to the forefront now, mm -hmm. because, of, of, because of the power that the Democrats want, you look at across the board, David, what you just said, they want to pack the courts. They want to expand the Supreme Court and pack that Supreme Court. They want to gain more power while they have power. That's what this is about. It's not about what's best for America. Oh, no, no, no. It's all about how do they get and keep power over the American people. That's what makes it so dangerous and insidious. David Balsey, President of Citizens United. Always great to have you on the show. Really appreciate all the insight, David. Thanks for having me back. All right. Uh, boy, and, and he's right. And here's the deal. Well, two words. Legislative filibuster. That's the name of the game. Let me give you two other words. Here's a name for you to remember, and you know it well. Joe Manchin. Look, if you put it down to four words, legislative filibuster, Joe Manchin. In other words, if they can get Joe Manchin, maybe Kirsten Cinema as well, to support a legislative filibuster, hey, folks, I got news for you. Why am I yelling? Here's why I'm yelling. It's game, set, match. It's game, set, match. Then HR1, then D.C. statehood, then packing the courts. It all becomes a reality if they change the legislative filibuster. Hoy, we're back in a moment with a Disney last sip. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to the Water Cooler, everybody. Time for the last sip. You know it. You love it. You can't wait for it. You're thinking over the weekend, hey, what's he going to do on the last sip on Monday? No, listen, if you're thinking that, <laughs> get a life. Just kidding. I didn't want to insult you. All right, uh, look, uh, here's a BuzzFeed headline that grabbed our attention. Disney announced big changes to the way its park staffers can dress. Uh-oh, liberal alert, Disney liberal alert. Mickey, hold your, hold your ears, close your ears. Wait, what is it? Uh, Stuff your ears? Anyhow, here's what Disney says, quote, We're looking at other traditions, too, including the policies that guide how our cast members show up for work. Our new approach provides greater flexibility with respect to forms of personal expression surrounding gender, uh-oh, buzzword, including hairstyles, jewelry, nail styles, and costume choices. <laughs> And that, I, I inserted that sound effect. And also, uh, as we continue, allowing appropriate visible tattoos. Uh, Disney goes on to say we're updating them to not only remain relevant in today's workplace, but also enable our cast members to better express their cultures and individuality at work. And then they go on to basically say, moving forward, they believe that the cast who are at the center of their magic kingdom lives can provide uh, the best of Disney's legendary guest service. And believe me, Disney does have legendary guest service. But folks, uh, look, expressing your culture, knock yourself out. I'm all for expressing culture, expressing individuality. Hey, all for that dot, dot, dot with an asterisk. And can I just say, let me talk a little bit about the asterisk part of this. Look, I've been going to Disney for, I don't know, 25, 30 years, roughly. I mean, it's been, probably been longer than that. I'm sure a lot of you and your family members have been going to Disney every year. Here's the problem. You know, we all love Disney. Come on, you have to admit, you hear the theme park music and you get all, you get the happy feeling. It's the happiest place on earth. But it's, is it becoming one of the most liberal places on earth? Once again, Disney 
caving to the culture. We have seen this with Disney in the past. Uh, they've been doing it on their Disney Channel. We've seen that for a while. Uh, and then, of course, they're changing Splash Mountain because it represented uh, that movie Song of the South, which had some racial undertones. So uh, th they're now changing that. Uh, and now here we are with characters, or, or I should say, uh, Disney workers expressing uh, individuality in their costume choices. Hey, folks. What in the world does that mean in a world where uh, transgender rights is A-OK -okay for a lot of people? Uh, I'm not sure I want Disney workers expressing costume choices of their choice at Disney World. Back in a moment. OK, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to the Water Cool, everybody. End of the show. Okay, uh, Biden's refugee cap uh, up, down, all around. He's all over the place. Joining me now, Anna Perez, Real America's Voice correspondent. Biden, yeah, I mean. That was pretty accurate. It is pretty much up, down, all around. Pretty much. <laughs> I did it in three seconds, but you've got more details. So, so what's, what's happening here? So right now he wants to raise the refugee cap, which mm -hmm. stands at 15,000 right now, mm -hmm. which is what Trump wanted. Mm -hmm. um, you know, originally he said he was going to raise it, you know, a long time ago and back in February. Then just this Friday, he said, you know, I won't raise it past 15,000. Um, and then after describing what's happening at the border as a crisis, he then went on to say, oh, but we'll also be raising the refugee cap again. Um, they said that it, they were throwing her in the number 62,000. Mm -hmm. But now they're saying that that's not really something that they'll probably be able to do by the end of the fiscal year. So we'll see what they decide on, but I think what's most interesting about this is the fact that he's recognizing what's happening at the border is a crisis mm -hmm. and seeing, you know, all of these influx of, you know, migrants, child migrants, and still saying, yes, we do plan on raising the refugee cap. Well, absolutely. And so that's the kind of the news over the weekend that he did use the C word finally. He did say crisis. Yes, yeah. Dot, 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 finally. Uh, for sure. But on this refugee stuff, I mean, he, he's all so he's getting pushed by progressives, right. clearly, right? Is that the. Is yeah, that the and I think this is another example of him, you know, feeling like he has no option but to cave to the far left. You know, mm -hmm. AOC was very vocal about this, wanting him to increase the refugee cap. You know, my guess is she probably would not be happy with, you know, anything less than 62,000. The number he actually came up with before was, I believe, somewhere around the, you know, 125,000 mark, which mm -hmm. is insane if you think about it. Um, you know, and right now what we're seeing is we can't even handle the influx right now at the border. And these facilities are completely overflowing. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have footage of that. We've seen, you know, the Republican senators that went to the border and they were trying to make sure that no one did see that. But that's the reality of what's happening here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, AOC can whine all she wants about the fact that she wants the cap to be raised. But that's, you know, likely not going to be realistic, even for the Biden administration. I think they know that. Yeah. And I think we should not be surprised. This is just more of that liberal mumbo jumbo that Biden is playing into. He's, he's been doing right. it since day one. Yeah. And we knew that that was going to happen. We knew that he was going to be controlled a lot by a more far left agenda than what he was leading us on to believe that he actually was going to push for it. Oh, 100 so. percent. Now, that's a yeah. good point. We, we, it's like we saw it. Then we're like, wait a minute. We know the push is coming. Yeah. So. All right. Anna, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, on the show tomorrow, Senator Rand 
Paul will be here. Hey, he's like talking about burning masks. I can't wait to ask him about that. Also, Texas Attorney General uh, Ken Paxson will be here. Brendan Daly should be a great show. Eventually, we'll have my mom on. I'm working on it. See you tomorrow.